0: Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, and this morning we're also going to be making a DVD for Prophecy Club. Our topic is "What's Wrong with Dominion Now." Your speaker is going to be well. She's written eight books, uh, probably given over five thousand personal prophecies, and there's a husband. I don't know that one that she's missed. She's called to as a prophet expose the things that are wrong in the church, and that's what she's doing today. Um, 32 DVDs, this is going to make 33, and she's called of God to be able to expose this big, big error in a lot of really, really big churches. So Lord, we ask for your anointing on Leslie this morning. ask that you would fill her mouth and her heart with your words. In Jesus' name, so help me. Welcome, Prophet Leslie Johnson.
1: Thank you. I do better when you kiss me. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, I know, right? We are. We're we're a one happy family when you do that. So, uh, so welcome again. I'm so happy to be here to share this this important information to you. Uh, about ten years ago or so, I've, I've, I have done about. 10 dvds on air in the church this i did talk about this but i i even understand it better now so i understand now why so many christians out there and churches out there don't have anything to do with anything about the rapture for example they don't want to they don't want to talk about uh you know some of these important topics that we would be having some interest in or some like isn't the world waking up right now i mean they're just like like they're just ignorant to things. So I understand now. I understand now why, because the teaching they're under. So what I'm going to talk about today is what is Dominionism, Kingdom Now, uh, the the New Apostolic Replacement, and also Theology, and the, also the Seven Mountain Mandate. I'll explain all this to you as we go along. But it's so important, because the Dominionists and the Kingdom Now and the Reconstructionists, Uh, and also the new apostolic reformation people they twist the, the doctrine so much they twist it where people have that they just take their word for it because people aren't christians are not getting into the word of god themselves they're not checking things out themselves and also as christians and just like the world right now you know where's the common sense I, I I keep telling Stan, I said, where's well, the common sense? I said, the common sense has just walked out the door. I mean, it's not around anymore, not even in Christians. They're just in this la-la land, like they're just, you know, gonna they're just in this bliss. And it's not even like that they're going to be just raptured out, so many of them, as I'm understanding now. They think that they're already in the millennium. They think that they're going to take over the world, the Christians, especially here in America. That's what their goal is. And, you know, good luck with that, because right now it doesn't seem that way, right? It's like, just again, common sense, instead of just being in this old little bubble and la, 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 and like just a lot of pride out there. I'm just, I'm really getting irritated with it. And the more I studied into this uh, this talk, uh, the more irritated I got, and so I just had to stop, (laughs) because it was, it's just overwhelming on some of the things. So kingdom now. So what would a kingdom now, which is mainly the the big headline for all the other reconstructionism and covenantalism and all the other isms <laughs> out there? Uh, it is the kingdom now is really the kind of the basics for everything, or the dominion now for the basics of everything. It's likely a mega church. Uh, they treat, teach and teach. They teach you and they preach about building your own kingdom. All right. So they're, they're getting the kingdom all messed up. Uh, and so people are buying this hook, line, and sinker, as they say. They're just buying it into it and seeing. okay, I'm just going to build my own kingdom. I'm also going to build the kingdom of God here on this earth. And the scriptures are say all about that in, in, in reverse. Now, they also teach that Jesus cannot return until Christians rule the world and have dominion over it and build a kingdom on earth. So we'll see that that's not scriptural here in a minute. If you read the Bible, the King James Version Bible, because some of the new translations are going to go their way. They're going to interpret it their way. So you want to make sure that, again, I really believe in reading the King James Bible. That's the one that's going to have the most clarity. Uh, The Kundalini Spirit will be present, uh, along with Shekinah will be present. And if you don't understand what that is, get my books on The Snake in the House, also the Shekinah Not Right, also the DVDs on Mysticism and also on uh, Shekinah and those things, and you'll have more of an understanding what's really going on in these, especially these big mega churches, but many churches out there. Uh, I, I, it's, it's really, really sad to see that people are being caught off guard and believing these big lies out there like the feather dust and gold dust and the glory clouds and all these things they teach that we're under the covenant of grace okay i believe we're under grace Praise <laughs> god we're under grace i mean we need to be under grace right so you know okay so i don't have but they they see it a different way though they don't see it like grace like we understand that jesus has given us grace and mercy right uh they teach that the church has replaced Israel. That's a big thing that they teach. They also teach that most of them teach that we're now in the millennial kingdom. San when is is the millennial kingdom, sapping? It's not right now, right? Uh, they also teach that we're be, uh, to be obedient to the Levitical laws of God. And we'll see how that's so vitally important to know. Uh, you'll understand more of where they're coming from uh, and what they want to revert to. And so it's not good. It's not good at all, in my opinion. Uh, also, Kingdom Now a Theology Church will be very charismatic. You'll walk in, you'll just, oh, I just feel the presence of God here. You know, I talked about that's what they say. That's where the Shekinah's coming in. Uh, they're not getting the truth of the Word. That's why they're uh, they, they're going to these mega churches because it's just, oh, I just feel so uh, warm and fuzzy, and I just got goosebumps all over. You know, don't don't be a fool. Don't be a lie. Don't be lied to, and don't think that that's just the Holy Spirit because it's not. Um, the church is to take dominion by gaining control of the government. That's their goal. And social organizations on the earth, they say the blessings of Israel have been given to the church here in America. They say that we here in America. Now I understand too. Anyway, I'll finish this sentence. They said the blessings of Israel have been given to the church. They've been given to us here in America specifically. I mean, how haughty and prideful spirit is that? Um, that that now we are Israel. You know, we're the new Israel right here. And now I understand why when so much is going on against hate against Israel right now, I don't, I couldn't understand why Christians kept emailing Stan and saying, get mad at him because saying, you know, how can you be for Israel? How can you be for Israel? Because the scriptures say we are to be for one thing. And they, you know, they are the blessed people. I, you know, I agree. They're not the most pleasant people, (laughs) You know, I understand that, but we haven't replaced them at all. And so I, I said, I understand now why so many Christians are saying that we're because they're believing that there are Israel. They believe that they're the ones that are blessed right now. And so that's why they're saying you can't bless Israel. You need to be blessing us, be blessing us here in America. We are just full of wickedness here in this country. They don't believe in the rapture. They don't even really believe in the pre, the mid, or the post because they think it's just going to be, uh, you know, caught up in emotion. Away, that's they're just. It's it's not going to be anything like what the scriptures are saying. Uh, also, the the kingdom now theology. The, they say the world is becoming a better place. Oh, really? Well, maybe they need to look around <laughs> instead of just in their shekinah gloriness. I mean, they need to really be paying attention. You know, we need to be paying attention what's going on now in this natural realm as well as the spiritual realm. And it doesn't look good, people. I mean, we need to be on our face crying out to God more than ever. Because they think that Christians are going to be able to take dominion. And we're going to start here with America, then we're going to go around the world. And they're, you know, especially here in America, it's all about America. They, they kind of really don't care about the other countries. They're just going to the other countries just to fulfill some of the, you know, God's word. says that we're supposed to go into all the world. But they really think it's just America is so wonderful. Well, I really, I would really like to believe that it is. You know, I, I would really like to see that. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else, honestly. I just wouldn't. But if we'll be truthful with ourselves, that is not looking so great right we we have the children in the schools they're getting all kinds of lies spoken to them the the ones in the universities you know the professors are teaching them a lot of lies and so it just doesn't look good and then they say that God sent Jesus because he was the only way to legally recover the government of the earth okay and they teach that God in order to get back his creation had to pay a debt to Satan yeah that's what they teach that he had to get it back, he has to pay a debt to Satan. It's so messed up, that they're believing this stuff. I can't move it. Dominion theology. They claim that the church has to have control over the heavenlies. They claim Christ delegated his authority to the church because God lost it with Adam. So their premise is that that Adam lost the dominion, which he did, right? He did. And so now his his creation now, us in Christ Jesus, it's our responsibility to take back the dominion over not just the fowl and the birds and exactly everything else, but they say over everybody. And I'll get into that in a little bit more here in a minute. So this uh, Ed Silvasso, he was um, he's one of the major, New Apostolic Reformation people. He's from Argentina, but he's very well known in that community. Uh, he's pretty old right now. I, I guess I shouldn't say old because I'm getting up there right now. Um, he he teaches that the church has now been placed potentially in control of the heavenly places. So that's just what they say. That's why they say go have the portals. You know, you can go to heaven whenever you want. There's Jello. You can go have some Jello. You can go have a brownie or a cookie with Jesus. It's all about the same old thing. Um, and so that's part of the heavenly places they want to take you to. They want to get you into portals and stuff like that. And if you don't understand that, I also have another DVD about that. <laughs> There's so much I could get into, but I just can't do it all right now. But I have a lot of information out there. You can go to prophecyclub.com or traintheprophets.com and you can get all that information. Uh, the church must engage and defeat the enemy to retake the heavenlies in the name of the Lord so that the eyes of those still being held captive by Satan will be open. I have no part, I don't have, excuse me, I have no problem with we tell Satan and his enemies to get out of here. But you have to understand, he's still the prince of the air, all right? He still has authority. And yes, we have authority, but guess what? He's still there. And so it's up to us to change, right? Change from our wicked and sinful ways when we are being attacked by the enemy, or just by ourselves being attacked by our fleshly minds, etc., or just by the world out there, it's up to us to change, right? So that's why we have deliverance. We have deliverance ministers. Praise God! Here in our church, that we have these things. But the person's person's responsibility to stay clean. It's the person's responsibility to not go and sin anymore. Um. If church takes charge over the heavenlies, does that mean that Satan will have to ask the believers for permission? That's what's going to happen. That's what they're thinking. That's what they're getting people. That's what they were trying to get people to understand. Um, You know, to us, we know that God is in charge of the heavens, right? And then we are to be equipped for the work of the ministry. We are to be disciples. But we're not supposed to take over the heavenlies. I would love to take over the heavenlies. Well, maybe not. That would be a real big mess. But you know, there's there's angelic hosts, there's there's devil forces out there, and we do have authority, but also we have to understand how far our authority can go. Amen. All right? It's it's still up to us to clean up our life. And that's where there's bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. We have to have our trust and our hope in Jesus Christ. So I'll keep on talking about the kingdom now, dominion now. There's a lot of information about these but, again, it's mainly dominion now. It's kind of the um, the overall theme for all these. They just, re, they just n- rename them, and different big names are out there under the New Apostolic Reformation or Reconstructionists and those kind of things. All right, so what is the meaning of Reconstructionism? Another ism, right? Uh, Christians have a complete system of right knowledge about the universe or worldview. I wish that they did. I mean, I really would like for Christians to have an understanding of what's going on. But their eyes are blinded, just like the world is blinded out there. And it's time to wake up, Christians. It's time to get out your sword. And it's time to fight the battle that is out there. But we have right there in our word. Yes, we have the right there in our word on, on things that are right or wrong. But the thing that is most important is that Jesus will save us from our sins. All right? Jesus saves us from our sins. We don't have to go back to the Levitical law and be killed. Yes, you'll see that here in a minute. They'll talk about that. Uh, Christians have the right and the role of legislating morality for all people everywhere. That's what they want to do. Do you want somebody to have just rule over you that's just going to say, you know, be death right now because I don't like what you're teaching, Leslie. Stone her to death. I mean, that's that's their idea. Right? If you don't go along with them then you are not part of the club. And I frankly don't want to be part of their club, and I will never be part of their club, and none of you will be ever be part of their club. You will speak the truth. Uh, the ultimate calling of Christians is to dominate the earth. I would love for it to be that way, but it's just not the way it's going to be. Hmm. All right, so this was the guy that was the founder of Reconstructionism. Uh, and this this person, the writer here, she said that, you know, most people don't speak too highly of him. Uh, you won't hear, like in a Sunday school class <laughs> with the NAR or whatever or the Dominionism people, that he was a racist, he was sexist, he was a Jew-hating bigot, he denied the Holocaust, uh, Holocaust I mean, um, And he also, they say he's like Stalin or Hitler or somebody else like that. Uh, This is one of their scriptures they stand on. In Genesis one twenty six, it says, And let them have dominion over the fish. It talks about the fish, number one. The fowl, number two. The cattle, number three. And over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So Adam lost dominion when he sinned, of course, Right? And the church, they say, is to regain the dominion, and has not properly done so. But it does not say over every human being. I would like that, but it is not factual. It is not the truth. Uh, this was his son-in-law, Gary North. He wrote the book *The Dominion Covenant*. He was a Reconstructionist. Uh, they, you know, they're very much into just taking over, uh, over basically over America basically a taking over America and over all people and telling everybody how they should rule and and reign in their households as well as everything else that they do. Uh, They said that God mandated human governments, individual, family, church, and civil. They state dominion then includes dominion over every human and over every human institution. You know, I would like to say that um, with Christian principles, I would like to see that in every aspect that they're, it is important, whether it's the high corporations here or uh, government for even, for example, that the Christians are in charge, but the ones that really follow the Bible, first of all. But it's just not that way. I mean, I'm a reality person, okay? I'm a realist. I'm just a realist. And it's like some people say, you're just talking so negative. No, I'm just telling it like it is. It's the truth. It's just the truth. Why put on a blinder and say, well, I'm just not going to speak it that way. Well, f- let me walk around this car and say, poof, you're mine. That's about what it is. So you're going to, you, I mean, it's just witchcraft. They say it's Christian witchcraft. Yeah, the word Christian and witchcraft don't go in the same sentence. Hello. <sighs> so there's, yeah. Okay, I'll keep on going. All right. So what's the dominion of, or what's the dominate What is domination theology? Sorry. And theonomy and all this other stuff. So Dominion Theology is a doctoral interpretation to the role of the church in modern society. That's what they want to be in charge of. And you'll see later on that there are some really familiar faces and big names out there that are doing this. Uh, Christianity is to rule all areas of society, including personal and corporate world. Uh, Christian Reconstructionism, the society will be reconstructed by the law of God. And theonomy, this is a society ruled by the divine law and the judicial laws of the Old Testament should be observed today, including the punishments of the Old Testament. Now, they won't get hurt when they have adultery. Okay. But everybody else will, right? That's why we had Jesus. Right? We're not perfect. We need to strive to be but we're not perfect. Dominion now, kingdom now, reformation and replacement theology, teachers say it's their apostles and prophets that is God and that we are to follow them. You'll find out later who they say their apostles and their prophets are. And you don't want to follow them. Now, what is the truth in Genesis 1, 26 through 28? God's stating that man is higher order of creation. We are made in his image. We have dominion over the trees, the fish, the birds, the cattle, right? Isn't that what it said? It's not a mandate over all men who do not follow the beliefs of dominion, kingdom, now theology. So you, if you don't follow their theology, you'll you'll be put in the same category as a sinner out there. Not good. Because you aren't following their ways. You aren't following their apostles and their prophets who are gods to them. The dominionists and the Reconstructionists believe that Adam lost his dominion. I've already said that. They rule over humans. When Christ died, we Christians were given the authority to bring dominion here on earth, they say. And they believe that the Great Commission is the dominion mandate. And the church is disciple all nations. Okay, I have no problem. I'm a missionary. I go to disciple. I go to train. I go to equip. But I, I can't turn everything around. I can only do my small part, Right? And if they're waiting for to do that for all the world, much less just America for Jesus' return, well, good luck with that. You will be here for a 1,000 years, probably longer. Um, what is the Great Commission? It instructs us to preach the gospel, true? It, we are supposed to baptize new believers. We are instruct new believers about the teachings of Christ. Be witnesses by the power of the Holy Spirit, true? Uh, we prove ourselves to be blameless and harmless children of God in this perverse generation, because it is perverse. But yet they think that they can turn all that around. Good luck. In Philippians 2.15, it says that you may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as, shine as lights in the world. We are lights in the world, and we need to say that way. The Reconstructors believe that we are to continue the law of the Old Testament. So let's, let's look at the scriptures that they're wanting to continue on. Now, they only want the New Testament when it's their prophets and apostles, right? But they want the Old Testament when it comes to this. So I'm just radiating this stuff. You can go look it up in Leviticus yourself, <coughs> Leviticus 20. But curseth his father, his mother shall be per- surely put to death. The man that commits adultery should be put to death. The man that lies with his father's wife and uncovered his nakedness should be put to death. Uh, the man that lies with the daughter-in-law, both of them should be, should be put to death. This lies with mankind, says he lies with the women or homosexuality. It's an abomination, put to death. Uh, take a wife and her mother, they should be burnt with fire. Uh, they lie with a beast, have sex with the bees, they should surely be put to, bed, to death. Uh, the woman approaching to any beast lie and da- lie down there shall be put to death. The man shall take his sister, his father's daughter, his mother's daughter, and see her nakedness, and she see his nakedness as a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of the people. The man shall lie with a woman having her sickness. That's the menstrual cycle. Man, there's a lot of people that should be put to death right now. Both of them shall be cut off from among the people. That's what they say. This should happen uh they shall not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister nor thy father's sister for if he uncover her then she they shall bear her iniquity have their sin upon them so on him if he lies with the uncle's wife he bears their sin and they will childless a uh, man takes his brother's wife it's an unclean thing and he he's uncovered his brother's nakedness it shall be childless so let's watch this interview
2: you've written that uh the Bible calls for the death penalty. And I'm just running down a variety of things, as you can see. You've written that the Bible calls for the death penalty for some 15 crimes, rape, sodomy, adultery. Adultery because in the Bible, the basic institution is the family. There's no law of treason against the state. The Bible doesn't even imagine anything remotely like that. But the basic institution is the family. And so, several of the death penalties are associated with the family and its life so adultery was considered a theft of the family it was yes it was treason to the family homosexuality yes it was treason to the family worthy of the death sentence What? worthy of the death sentence uh... deserving of the death sentence that's what paul says and what about the one that christian reconstructionists are really suspect on and that's incorrigible young people juvenile delinquency because there are cases in the old testament where incorrigible young people were put to death the law there is very interesting it specifies a son not a child and an incorrigible delinquent now the case of the incorrigible son was chosen first because blood could not be above justice so the parents had to participate by saying yes our son is indeed an incorrigible criminal Second, it was the foundation of the death penalty in the United States until 72, whereby a third or fourth offender, depending on the state, who was a habitual criminal was executed. That's where we get the law, right out of that law from Deuteronomy. But you would reinstate the death penalty for some of these or all of these biblical crimes? I wouldn't. But I'm the reconstructed society. Uh, uh, I'm saying that this is what God requires. I'm not saying that everything in the Bible I like. Some of it rubs me the wrong way. But I'm simply saying this is what God requires. This is what God says is justice. Therefore, I don't feel I have a choice.
1: Do you feel like some Christians um, that are following these mandates are coming against you have you have you heard of population control and we want to have christians against christians but yet they're going to be the apostles and prophets with them will be put up as a god so there i guarantee you even though they commit these things that nothing will happen to them so they're trying to take dominion over you and they're teaching others to do the same thing And so we have an evil world out there. We already understand when they're trying to do population control. But what about the Christians trying to do population control? You understand? I mean, that's why I don't... Okay, first of all, I don't agree with these sins. But I do know that Leslie would not be here today, and neither would you, if we didn't have Jesus Christ... I'd have been put to death by the time I was probably three. You know what I mean? We have to understand that there is a Jesus Christ, our God, loves us and forgives our sin. doesn't mean we keep staying in that sin. We come out of the sin. We come out of the world. We're not supposed to be like the world. I understand. But they want to choose who will get the death penalty. So we have a problem here. But this is what they're, this is what these uh, these reconstructionism is teaching. Now in Second Timothy one eight to ten says, Be thou be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, for example, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Praise God, right? Amen. Jesus Christ who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That is an amen if I ever heard one. An amen, amen. He, what, what was the purpose of the cross then? What was the purpose of his blood then? Now here's are some of the founders. This is how it all star, started with the kingdom. Now the dominionists. Uh, this was Lauren Cunningham, the founder of YWAM. Uh, Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade. Francis Schaeffer, theologian and founder of whatever that is. Um, I, I. Just I'm just saying this is I'm not taking anything from what Leslie says, but this I have odd against them, right? I don't believe with what they say um that's you know I'm not trying to expose them because just Leslie wants to expose I'm just saying the words of themselves um, There's seven mountains of influence they say, and in nineteen seventy five this is what happened. Bill Bright, the founder of the Campus Crusade, and Lauren Cunningham, the founder of Youth with a Mission, had lunch together in Colorado. God simultaneously, said, they say, gave each of these change agents a message to give the other. During that same time, Francis Schaefer was given a similar message, he says. And that message was that if we are to impact any nation for Jesus Christ, then we would have to affect the seven spheres or mountains of society that are the pillars of any society. The seven mountains, according to them, are business, government, media, arts and entertainment, education, the family, and religion. There's also many subgroups underneath that. A month later, they say, the Lord showed Francis Schaefer the same thing. In essence, they say God was telling these three change agents where the battlefield was, and if there were, and there was, um, it was here where culture would be won or lost here in America. Assignment was to raise up change agents to scale the mountains and to help a new generation of change agents understand the larger story. Now, first of all, you have to say, does it line up with the word of God? Okay. In 2 Corinthians 13, it says, this is the third time I'm coming to you and the mouth of two or three witnesses shall everywhere be established, right? We hear that. So they had two or three witnesses, okay? But there's a big B-U-T there. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, you must throw it out. Even if you believe Jesus himself came and spoke to you. Because that would be a, a lying spirit to you. In 1 John 4, 1, says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So, it would I mean, even you can say, Jesus came and told me, blah, 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 blah. I mean, if it doesn't line up with the word of God... I mean we have David E. Taylor, I will say that name. Don't watch him, don't subscribe to him, don't don't participate in his ministry because I believe there'll be a curse that'll come upon you. Because he he is one that that we have proof that he was telling that Jesus would appear to him and say, You need to sleep with me, another man's wife, you need to sleep with me, another man's wife, and so forth. Out of that time that we were around that, 25, and I'm sure there's a lot more. Oh, I'll expose him. Anyway, so I'm just, this is the truth. You can find, you'll you'll get, you can find evidence on the internet yourselves of this kind of truth. Uh, but we aren't to believe every spirit just because they say that Jesus came to them. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, then you don't do it. True? Can I have an amen? amen. All right. So let's talk about, I want you to watch this little video about, you know, we all like the word kingdom, right? God's kingdom, but let's find out a little bit more about it.
3: There are two kingdoms being taught in many churches today. Teaching about one of the kingdoms is on the decline while the other is being promoted all over the place. I'm here to warn Christians that they need to check out who is using the word kingdom, the books that they've been reading and recommending on building the kingdom, the people they've been hanging out with at conferences, and what they mean by the kingdom. Biblical Christians need to understand that many of the New Apostolic Reformation, um, emerging church, um, uh, church growth, Word of Faith, and other related movements are operating under a paradigm shift. Because of that, when they use the word kingdom, they do not have the same biblical concept of the word that biblical Christians do. Whether purposely or under the influence of the zeitgeist, this new breed paradigm shifters use the word kingdom in order to lure people into their dominionist social gospel worldview. They know that most Christians love to hear about the kingdom, so they act like they are talking to them in the unity of the faith. But you know what? They are not. And that's an old trick by false teachers and cults. They redefine certain words so that when they talk to biblical Christians, they can sound like they're on the same page. For instance, the new uh, age cult called Unity did this years ago with many Christian terms and was able to lure some people um, into their cult on that basis.
1: I'll never forget a time. (laughs) Yeah, I tell a story. That Stan and I, <clears throat> this is before the ministry, okay? So you can't throw tomatoes at me, rotten tomatoes or anything. Um, it was before we were in the ministry and just really still searching ourselves, even though Stan was raised in a church. I mean, I really wasn't. Um, but we were searching for the wrong areas. Um, we were really searching for the power of God, but we were not finding the power of God. So we decided we just moved to Lawrence, Kansas. And I don't know if someone told Stan or he just looked it up, buddy that there was a unity church. And it sounded great. I mean, you know, unity and the body of Christ, yeah, we'll go. So we went to this unity church. And I'll never forget, because the very first thing out of the pastor's mouth was, um, I just, just want you all to know that, that today is my last day here. And I started laughing. I mean, Sam was so embarrassed. And I'm like, I can't help it. I'm just laughing. I mean, he was hitting me like. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, he's like, Leslie, be quiet. And I said, I could not stop laughing. I was like, this is ridiculous. What are we even doing here? And then they all get up and they lock arms and go, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And I'm laughing the whole time. It's just so stupid, and so I thought. Well, Stan, Stan gets out to the car. He goes, "I guess we aren't going to that church anymore." And I said, "I guess not. If we try to come back to that church, they'll kick us out anyway." But he's not going to be there anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But it's all. But there's such a lie out there that there's just going to be this peace and warm fuzzies and wonderful, and and how we can just bring you know Jesus' kingdom here. We're just going to do it all by ourselves. You know why does Jesus need to return then? Huh? Okay, okay, he's He's saying, Leslie, you need to tell him that it was not me, Leslie, laughing. Um, I really believe that it was like, this is like a spirit is like, you know, this is so stupid. What are you doing here? I know he didn't want us to go back to that place. Um, So, yeah, I, I kind of made an embarrassment for my family, and that was Stan and Sean was... We didn't have Bentley or Leslie in at that time, but uh, it was it was pretty bad, and we definitely didn't go back, but we definitely didn't want to go back either. So God took us to another route. Then we went to a church and it was great. I mean, they were dancing and singing praises to God and using tambourines, and I'm like, Yay, this is great. Clapping my hands and wanting to dance myself, and Stan kept pulling me down to sit down. Sit down. And I'm like, Why, wow, this is great! And he goes, we are supposed to dance in the church. I'm like, oh, really? I love it. Of course, now you can look around up here at the front, and you'll see Stan dancing. So now <laughs> he changed his tune on that. Anyway, so we'll get, but the, I'm just trying to say they're out there. They'll pull you in by using certain words, grab you in to believing their truths, and it's not a truth of the word of God. All right, the kingdom now or kingdom come. So let's talk about that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew six ten. Kingdom now teaches that this prayer is about the kingdom now on earth. The kingdom come biblically teaches that kingdom will be established what when Christ returns. We can't do anything about having it now. Love to, but we just can't. And um, also Luke four five and through eight says, and the devil taking him up talking about tic-ticks of Jesus or taking him up to in the high mountains, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will be given to you, Jesus, I will give thee. Because why? He's the prince of the air, un- unfortunately. And the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomever I, whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Just bow down and worship me, Satan. And I'm going to tell you something. I believe that there's a lot of big-name Christians. I believe that there's a lot of um, uh, those influencers. I also believe there's a lot of political people that have bowed to Satan. I believe that Satan has come to them. If you'll just worship me, I'll give you all of this. A lot of them. And so they say, "All right, I'll bow down to you. I have what 10,000 people in my church and all this money coming in.. Mm-hmm. If thou will worship me, all shall be thine." And Jesus answered, and this is what we should say. Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written that thou shalt worship thy Lord thy God and him only will I serve. Amen. In Ephesians 2, 2, it says, We're in the name and time, excuse me, We're in time, past. you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You know, we cannot earn salvation, right? We are a sinful nation out there. This is where we are. It's a perverse nation out there. It's a perverse world out there. Now, dominionists also desire to have a nation governed by Christians. Oh, I would love that, but the right Christians... Right, uh, at least a nation governed by a conservative understanding of biblical law. We could say if you if that's all you read, you say that sounds great. Until you know what their their laws are or what they want to do. Uh, leaders of this movement back to Mitt Romney, and Romney had an understanding of biblical law, so it didn't matter that he was a Mormon. Uh, the New World Order is infiltrating in the church. In other words, they we might say. The government and the evil people out there, they are going to have a one-world government. Well, guess what? We have Reconstructionists, Dominionists, etc. The Christians out there calling themselves Christian, they're calling into the new world order also.
4: see if you were to google or to look up this this understanding um it is a part of what they call dominion theology or dominionism and it is the idea that christians should work toward either a a nation governed by christians only or one governed by a conservative christian understanding of Biblical law so it doesn't necessarily have to be just Christian according to the way the Bible says you know like a Mitt Romney who is a Mormon uh, those that support this dominion theology backed him even though his, um, his belief system is skewed and his belief system is, is erroneous as far as the doctrine he believes because Mormonism, of course, is not biblical. But because he had the Christian idea or conservative Christian understanding of biblical law, uh, they wanted to put him in office. So that's your first flag right there is when everyone rallies around a person who is not biblically sound or not following the scriptures but yet feel that they are a viable candidate to represent the body of Christ, even though they aren't representing Christ as the word of God uh, uh, says he is. That's your first flag. And that's what uh, dominion theology or these dominion uh, dominionists are all about. Uh, but basically they believe that uh, the world needs to take the shape of Christianity. They, they, they talk about these seven mountains, which these mountains are religion, family, education, government, media, arts, and entertainment, and business. And they believe that if you uh, uh, take all of these for Christ and uh, you go in to each one of these mountains and influence it uh, for Christ, then Christ can take over these mountains. And they believe after Christ has taken over or has influenced effectively all seven of these mountains that he will return at that point. So, Basically, I like to say this: that Dominionism is is basically stating that Jesus can't return until there is no need for Him to return. <laughs> because if you take over all of these mountains for Christ, then there's absolutely no need of Christ to come and take them over. You've already He's already taken them over through us. So, uh, the, the the understanding is nothing but the New World Order repackaged for Christians.
1: Is it true? <laughs> oh. Dominion theology will continue. Believe it's Christians' responsibility to create a worldwide kingdom. A dominion now or kingdom now theology teach and believe that the Lord cannot and will not return to earth until Christians get this kingdom established. And the goal is political and religious domination of the world concerning the teaching of dominion theology and Christian reconstructionists. The goal is not a government system ruled by the church. The goal is for the government to conform to the law of God, a one-world government, thereafter it just as much as the evil people are after it. They believe that mankind have a mandate to build a kingdom of God on earth, restoring paradise by progressively and supernaturally transforming ourselves and all societal institutions through modifying and ruling the earth by whatever means possible, including using technology, science and psychosocial engineering, and then and only then and only then will a Christ manifest his presence on earth. I hope not because that's a long time off. (laughs) Um, They state when Adam sinned and lost dominion over the earth, they state that God lost control of the earth to Satan. They teach and believe that since God has lost control of the earth to Satan, that God has been searching for covenant people. Guess what? You're not going to be part of their covenant people, if you're believing like I am. These covenant people will be God's extension of the earth to take back the earth from Satan that's what the Dominion is called the Great Commission. What does the Word of God say the Great Commission is? I've already talked about the seven uh, mandates, so I won't go over those right now. Um, but they, treat, they teach that the Great Commission is to totally yield and to take over their, by their using their, or speaking, following their apostles and prophets, uh, then they're supposed to take over all those seven areas. But, well, I haven't got that scripture yet. I'll get it here in a minute. Um they say the dominion theology is founded upon three basic beliefs. Satan observed man's dominion over the earth because of Satan's temptation of Adam and Eve. God church is God's purpose to take dominion back from Satan, until the church has taken dominion by taking over and controlling the government and social institutions, the belief is that Jesus cannot return until then.
5: This comment was given on a recent video where Bill speaks against the world getting worse. This person used a verse to imply that the world is going to get better. Doesn't the Bible say that Jesus is coming back for a perfect church without spot or wrinkle? The verse being quoted is Ephesians 5.27, and in context is speaking about marriage and Christ's relationship to the church. It has nothing to do with taking over the world for Christ and dominating the seven realms of influence. So let's look at a few reasons of why this theology is wrong biblically. Is it the church's responsibility to change the world and take it over for Christ? No. Christ says in John 18 that his kingdom is not of this world, but we are to preach the gospel to everyone. And by making disciples in Christ, that will have a good effect in the world. Another person said, I noticed that you did not mention one scripture reference about the world getting worse in our future, because they do believe that things are going to get better. But is that what scripture says? if we read second Timothy chapter 3 it says but know this that in the last days perilous times will come Wow so already it sounds like we've got good times to look forward to for men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy unloving unforgiving slanderers without self-control brutal Despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, howdy, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And if we jump down a bit, it says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So persecution is coming, not peace. We can look at Matthew 24 when the disciples asked Jesus what the signs of him returning were. And Jesus said to them, Christians will take over the seven pillars of society and peace and love will reign throughout the world. Oh, wait. No, it doesn't say that. It says you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Good times, good times.
1: <laughs> yep, that's what we have to look forward to. You know, the Scripture says in Matthew twenty-four twenty-two, And except those days shouldn't be shortened, there should be no flesh to be saved, but for the sake, for those days shall be shortened. Amen is what is going to happen, is that uh, we can't take over this earth as much as we would like to, have everybody have our belief in Jesus Christ. That's our goal. We want to reach as many people across the world as we can, and across this nation, across the globe. Um, but I'll continue on after the break. God bless. Welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. And yes, I have my beautiful grandchildren up here with me. Scarlet and Paris and Enzo and my bestest friend, Sharonda. Uh, so we're going to talk to you about some of the announcements because there's uh, going to be the first of the month next month, so there's always a lot of things coming up. Okay, somebody's not happy back there. Um, and so uh, we have here, let me get this right quick. I'll talk about this first. So what we have is our flyer here. She's going to have Scarlett come out there and hand it to everybody. Uh, It has um, what we're doing. Today we're having the best chili in the world contest. And uh, also on Sunday, February, just a minute, she can come down. On Sunday, February 11th, it's going to be Super Bowl Sunday. So that means wear your favorite sports attire. Your favorite sports attire that Sunday Um, Also, Intercessory Prayer with Kate will be on February the 15th. Sign up for that. And then also, Communion Sunday will be on February the 18th. Uh, Friday Bible Studies. I hope you're uh, uh, tuning in to the Bible Studies. If you aren't, I just encourage you to do so. Uh, It's going to be changed the hours. The time will be changed to only an hour from 6.30 to 7.30 because Stan's the only one talking, so it's really hard on the voice. Um, Also, you can go to Train the Prophets dot com. Also there's uh, also prophecyclub.com but also for training the prophets and also training the ministers. There is uh, February the 17th going to be a deliverance training that day with Lou and Sunhee. for your level 1's and level 2. You'll both be in the same room together I'll uh, bring snacks, etc. And then, here in just a minute we'll talk about tomorrow and I going to Singapore and to Malaysia we just need your help today. And then there's also a schedule here. So Scarlett, if you can go down and hand everybody one of those, I appreciate that. What about me? I'll get to yours in just a minute. Hang on, let me have one of yours. So, Paris, okay. yes, it's okay. Thank you. Okay. So, Paris, all wrinkled and crumpled up, you will be getting a schedule. Uh, <laughs> so, can you go hand one to everybody's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you do that?
6: You need help down the
1: stairs? you know which one? <laughs> no, I guess she doesn't need help downstairs. stairs. Do you want to hand one to everybody, Paris? Can you go hand that down to everybody? Thank sure. you. Okay. Take one and pass it down. All right, I'll let you talk next. Oh. So
5: next Sunday, we are having a memorial for Breda Colette, which is Tony's um, wife who passed about a week. Ago, um, so we just want to be come
1: together as a, his church family um, and meet some of their kids that we haven't met before, but just to just to give him let him know that we're here for him and his family and anything that they need. So um, right after church, 12:30, we will be doing um, the memorial um, to do that. I, we do have a sign-up sheet f- um, for you to bring a dish just to help out on the cost um, to be able to feed everybody that's going to be here. So I will walk around with the sign-up. And papers with that information. And the theme is Italian. I asked them what, if that, that would be okay. They said, yep. So I just did a uh, sign-up sheet for different kind of Italian foods. You could put something else if you want to bring something else. But we're going to hand that around, and I hope everybody will stay to give their support, especially to Tony and his family. Okay, let me have one, and then I'm going to have you hand it out here in just a minute. Now, you're going to say, this is the cutest baby shower flyer ever, Uh, on uh, March the 10th, we're going to be having a baby shower for Kate and also Jessica, and that is on March 10th. And then also you'll read here that Jessica just wants diapers, but she'd like to have the gift receipt in case she needs to exchange them for a different size. And Kate needs everything because she has two girls and she doesn't have anything boy. uh, But that will be on March the 10th. So I have Enzo come out and hand those out to you. And thank you, Benice, for fixing those flowers. You can go. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right, let's stand. We'll get our service going. And you can take your... So you take one. He's trying to hand it out. No, that's a new one. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come here and to praise and worship your name. Lord, we love you. Uh, We love all that you do for us. We want truth here in this church. Lord, just continue to give us truth and help us to have understanding of the truth, what is the truth. And if we miss it at any time, show us, Lord, we will change. We will change to what the truth of your word says. We want to be obedient. We want to stay teachable, always stay teachable. Lord, we ask that you bless the service, that you'd anoint the praise and worship, that you'd anoint the, the, the speaker today, the talk, because that's me. <laughs> I need your presence. And, Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's time for offering.
7: Good morning, smiling, happy people. <laughs> time for offering. So, uh... I can't read the signs here, but one is for Spirit of Prophecy Church, one is for the mission trip. Mission, Spirit of Prophecy Church, sowing and reaping. Let's talk about that a little bit. So the scripture says sowing, if you want to harvest, you got to sow, and then you have a growing season and you will reap. If you don't sow, what the scripture doesn't say is if you don't sow, you won't reap. You can't have a harvest without sowing. Sowing. So the seed must go into the ground, in this case, the seed is finances. If you want money to come back to you, you have to sow money. If you want love to come back to you, you must sow love. If you want patience to come back to you, you must sow patience. So how, yes, yeah, Sunni says how. This is how you get increase. People say, I'm waiting for my ship to come in. Well, did you send one out? You can't walk up to the wood stove and say, give me heat, and I'll put wood in. You must put the wood in first, and then you will get heat. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Look at all the little ones being trained and equipped.
1: Before we... um pray over this for those of you, especially online. Our church is great givers here, but we need your help, especially online um, uh, for tomorrow. Come on up here. Tomorrow and I are going to be leaving, and this is, you only have two more weeks to really sew into what we're doing, uh, going to go to Singapore and Malaysia. We're very excited, aren't we? Yes. And we're actually going to be fasting and praying the next three days, so if anybody would like to join us, we're doing from midnight to 4 p.m. on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, just ask that you join us in prayer. Also, you can you can let us know that you're wanting to sign up to pray for us while we're going. But I want to Pastor Stan uh, to mention about uh, Pastor Massey called me this week. And said so there's another opportunity or more opportunities for us while we're there because <coughs> we want to work. The whole time we're there, we want to work. So I want him to explain
0: to okay, you. Okay, so let me explain to you. Ministering in other worlds is nothing like what it is a ministering in America. When we would have guests come into the Prophecy Club, I would call them, I would pay for their airfare, I would uh, fly them in, put them up in a hotel, feed them, and then give them an offering. And that's the way we do it in America. Well, guess what? When you go to another country, who pays for the airfare to get there? We do. You do. <laughs> you literally, you. Specifically today, I'm talking to our, to our brothers and sisters online. Because you're the bigger part of the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Not only do you pay for the airfare, but then you have to pay for the hotel and the meals. And you'd be thinking, oh, well, okay, I got it. But that's less than half of the expense to go to another country. (laughs) So I'm just going to tell you. I don't know another way to do it other than just tell you. Okay, so Massey called me Friday. And he says, okay, brother, he says, uh, we now need to get roughly about $6,000 so that when we get there, we aren't just speaking to maybe one church. We want to speak many times, and the way I need to do that is I need to set up a pastor's meeting. Now, to us, what they call a pastor is what we call a normal congregation member, because their pastor's probably don't know the Bible as well as most people listening to me right now, especially online. He said, but the way we get them to come is by putting out a big flyer. No. Well, yes. By radio and TV. Uh, No. So how do you get them to come to the meeting? You (laughs) You pay for their airfare or their hotel or sometimes a bus trip, and you feed them when they're there. In other words, you pay, or I mean literally you pay. So he calls, he says, so I need $6,000 so that we can set up some meetings so we have someone to talk to when we get there.
1: You know, let I'm, me explain that a little bit. Cause well, we already, let, me, let me finish That's Okay, because okay, We already, so, we already, already said, have people to speak to because I don't want them to think we're just yeah, going for right. right. <laughs> he says,
0: so, so I've got some people setting up some meetings, <clears throat> but I'm not confident that they're going to set up enough meetings. Now you were going to yeah. say.
1: The, the, in other words, we are going to be busy already, but we want to have—we don't have—want to have free time. So he's setting up an extra three-day seminar uh, with pastors from India and around the area, Malaysia, Malaysia and so forth, to come in to train and equip. That he and I will be in charge to speak, because we're we are, what's already set up is that others are going to be other speakers, but he wants it to be he and I. Okay,
0: so he says so. I calculate we need $6,000 to do that. Can you send me 3000 3000 <laughs> So, I know that you can't send a large amount of money on the first um, ACH transfer, so I send him $100. When he gets the other $100, he's supposed to let me know, then I'm going to wire transfer the rest of it. I say that the rest of it in faith because...
1: We just need your help.
0: Yeah, okay. that's a nice way to say it. We need your help. We need
1: your help, and uh, <clears throat> and we it's, we're going far, far away from here, at the, from Plano, Texas. So we do need your assistance up here. Anyway, we do need it. We we, help. Expect, okay.
0: we expect we expect the hundred dollars to clear probably Monday or Tuesday, and then I need to send the rest of the three thousand. So what I'm saying is, if you can help, if you want to send your the gospel, I mean that's what we're supposed to do as Americans. So we're supposed to be the the shining city on the hill that uses the light to send the gospel around the world. This is what we're supposed to do as Americans. We're supposed to send the gospel out. Mm -hmm. So if you can help with that 3,000, now would be a really good time to do it, especially the folks online, because you can go to the QR code, click on it, and, you know, we have the money, like, instantly.
1: All right. Thank you all. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your prayers. Uh, You're just wonderful. We We just praise the Lord for even being able to go. So, Stan, you want to come back up so you can pray for the offering?
7: Hey, Eric, going to reach them up here? Yep, I got it. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Lord, we lift this up to you. We want to say that we know that this is your hand. We thank you for saving us, writing our name in the book of life. And Lord, this morning we, we want to say forgive us for all of the times you blessed us and we didn't even turn back and say thank you like the five lepers, didn't even say thank you. We want to say thank you. And we want to say that we ask you to put your blessing on this so that this would reach everything and cover every bill that we need to because our heart is to build your kingdom, to take your gospel around the world starting right here in Plano, Texas. ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Amen.
7: Thank you, Lord. Press down, shake gather, running over. Return back to the people, Lord. By faith they give. Bless them back by faith. And thank you for the online people. Also, we call Absolutely. it more than enough. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Amen. You. Amen. Amen.
1: All right, can I have Bryce and Raven up here? We have two birthdays, so dig deep. <laughs>
7: thank
1: you. So Raven turned to When? Oh, yeah, that was Finley's birthday, 25th. And Bryce, when did you, or you're about to have a birthday, right? No, his was on the 22nd. Oh, 22nd, okay, so it's before. So how old were you, Bryce? Nine. How old were you? Nine. Nine, okay. So we want to sing happy birthday to them and also give them a praise offering, all right? So if you have some money, some cash to bring up to them, they would appreciate it. That's all saying to Raven and to Bryce, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Raven and Bryce, happy birthday to you. All right, there's two, do you want to give each one of them some money? Give one to Bryce and one to Raven, okay? Can you give it to them? Thank you. (laughs) Look at this. Yep. All right. Lord, I just pray a special blessing over these two right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you give them, make them the head and not the tail. Lord, give them long and healthy and prosperous life all the days of their life. And Lord, long life, let them have long life and serve and praise you and worship you all their life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Congratulations, you two.
8: All right. It's time to praise and worship. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. We're going to what? We're going to what? Do what? Praise and worship. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to praise and we're going to worship. Let's stand up. Come on. Let's stand up. What does praise mean? <laughs> That's a great answer. What does praise mean? Telling God who he is and that we love him for it and worship is what? Telling him what he's done and that we love him for it. So what do we do when we praise our God? We make a sweet sound into his ear, right? We're going to clap our hands, stomp our feet, and we're going to give him praise. Amen. So let me see your hands. Now let's stomp our feet. All right, so we can all do this. We can do it all nice and loud for a thousand years right <laughs> all right let's go ahead we're gonna praise our god amen come on let's get our hands going let everything that has breath praise the lord come on praise the lord, praise the lord. Let, everything let everything that has breath that has
6: breath praise the lord
8: praise the lord, praise the lord. I'll praise in the valley. Can you turn the volume up, please. Praise them on the mountains. I'll praise when I'm sure. I'll praise when I'm doubting. I'll praise when I'm numbered. I'll praise when surrounded. Cause praise in the waters, my enemies drowning. As long as I'm breathing, I'm going to reason to praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. I'll praise when I feel it. Come on. I'll praise when I don't. Because I'll praise because I know. But no, you're still in control Our praise with a weapon It's more than a sound Oh, praise in a shout That brings Jericho down As long as I'm breathing I've got a reason to
9: praise the Lord my soul, praise
8: the Lord, oh, my soul. I won't be quiet. My God is alive. How could I keep it inside? Cause I won't praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Come on, let me see your hands. Come on. See those hands now. Hallelujah. We're gonna praise him. I'm praising your sovereign. I'll praise cause you reign. I'll praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I'll praise cause you're faithful. I'll praise cause you're true. I'll praise cause there's nobody greater than you. I'll praise cause you're sovereign, I'll Praise cause you reign. Praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I'll praise cause you're faithful. Praise cause you're true. I'll praise cause there's nobody greater than you.
9: Praise the Lord, oh
8: my soul. Come on, sing and praise. Praise the Lord,
9: oh my soul.
8: Cause I won't be quiet, my God is alive, so how could I keep it inside? Cause I won't be quiet, my God is alive, so how could I keep it inside? Praise the Lord, oh my soul, Hallelujah! Everything that has read. Praise the Lord! Come on, praise the Lord. Let everything that has read. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord! Come on, give us some praise this morning. That has red. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything
6: that
8: has read. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. We're going to go and we're going to crush through anything that stands in our way. And we're going to have that breakthrough and see it in Jesus' name.
9: The, the weapon, weapon
8: may be formed, form, but it, it won't, won't prosper. prosper. When the when darkness fails, I know it won't prevail.
6: Because
7: God, God I, I serve knows only how to triumph. triumph. My God
6: will never
8: fail. No, he won't. My God will never fail. I'm gonna
9: see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs
8: to you,
9: Lord.
8: I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle
9: belongs to you, Lord Whoa.
8: Lord, we want to see more of you
6: There's
8: power in the
6: mighty name of Jesus
8: Because every war he wages, he will wage. I'm not backing down from any giants. I know how this story is. Yes, we do. Come on. I know how this story is. Cause I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the vast. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Yes, I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Yes, I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We just lift our hands and our voices and praise your glorious and mighty name. Who was and is and forever will always be. We declare right now that in the name of Jesus those things are turned and made for good, Father God.
9: We break through those strongholds right now
8: in the name of Jesus. Get our eyes focused back on you, Lord. Die the flesh so so we can become closer to you, Lord. Come on, use these words and declare them because there's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's say it. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Come on. You turn in for good. Yes, you do Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn in for good. Yeah, you turn in for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn in for good. Yes, you do, Lord. You turn in for good.
9: Hallelujah,
8: you take what the enemy meant.
9: you take, take what, what the
8: enemy meant for, for evil. Come on and eternity! Hallelujah!
9: Eternity for good! Hallelujah.
8: Eternity eternity for good. For good. Cause I'm, I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Yes, I'm gonna see your victory. victory i'm gonna see your victory let me see your hands up for high. The
9: battle because you're the warriors you on the lord. front line
8: so you're gonna declare i'm gonna, I'm gonna see, see your victory. victory come on i'm, I'm gonna, gonna see, see your victory, victory. that's it for, for the battle belongs to you lord, lord. declare come on i'm, I'm gonna see your victory i'm gonna see your victory I'm
9: for the battle belongs to you, Lord
8: I'm gonna, you, you take what, what the
9: enemy meant for evil for And
6: you turn, turn it for good, good. Yes, you do yes. You turn
8: it for good Hallelujah You, you take, take what, what the enemy, enemy meant for evil and, and you
9: turn it for good, good. And you turn it for good You take, take what the enemy's meant for evil And you turn it for good Yeah, you turn do. it for
8: good Hallelujah, thank you, Lord Hallelujah Lord, we thank you for this breakthrough in our lives Money Finances Jobs cars people take the evil and you turn it for good in the name of jesus
7: all my words fall short.
9: I got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often. Lift up your song, you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So come on my soul, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song, you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Do so I, throw. I throw.
8: take it to a deeper, a new level with the Lord this morning. This is a time of worship, thanking him for what he's done. Lord, you are worthy. Way in me. Come on, I want you to think about this right now. Like do you have a mighty storm.
9: storm, do you within need a in my soul? How badly Lord do you want to have your way? way? Lord tell him, Lord, how way.
8: this time, we can come and worship your great and mighty name. Thank you for the breakthrough. Thank you for this time. Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be
1: praised. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise and worship team. Beautiful. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm going to continue uh, speaking on um, basically Dominionism, but it has also other names like Reconstructionism and Covenantalism and all the other isms, like I said, and also Replacement Theology. Um, This is what they teach, I mean, because of Replacement Theology. Many people think, because of the leaders out there, that we are Israel. The church is Israel here in America, which is so wrong. It is not scriptural. And uh, if you're in those type of churches, let me just tell you you need to get out. Because every offering you put in there for them, you're supporting what they say. You know that you're supporting lies. You're, you're not supporting truth. You need to be supporting that's going to speak truth. I'm not saying that we are the perfect church, the Spirit of Prophecy Church, or even the Prophecy Club. But we do strive to bring you truth. We, we, we work hard at knowing what the scriptures are saying to bring you truth. Um, and when there's error, I'm going to expose it because I believe that that's what God has called me to do. That's my mandate from God. Not everybody has that, but I know that that's my mandate. And like when I talk to Stan, I just, I'm just i just able to see it. You know, there's like this man who knows Bible prophecy better than anybody I know, right? Uh, you know, I'm able, able to say don't you see this? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, that's what I feel when you like teach Bible prophecy. <laughs> Let me get a drink. Hang on. <laughs> I mean, I've only heard it for 41 years. You'd think it'd be inside. But it's like, would you repeat that again? I need to hear it for the millionth time because <laughs> all those other millionth of time, I didn't get it. I, I, You know, there's just some things that we do have an understanding about, and I I understand that. But we, we need to know that there's truth in the Word of God. Again, the King James Bible. But those of you that are watching online, again, if you're supporting other ministries that are teaching you lies, then why are you supporting them? Why are you going there? Because that means you're in alliance with them. Do you understand? Just like when you support that we go on missions, you know, when you're supporting taking the gospel to these other places, and that's a good thing. But if you're supporting lies out there, that's not a good thing. Just because your family goes there, just because you've known the pastors for a long time, just because they're a mega church, just because they're a big name. Let me tell you, there's, you know, there's power in small people, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's dynamite in small people, right? Amen. <clears throat> I mean, people all the time, you know, when they meet me personally, they go, man, I thought you were a lot taller than you are. I'm going, spirit-wise, I am. And we had one prophet come in, and he was prophesying all over the place, and he kept looking at me, and he ignored me. He kept looking at me, and I thought, yeah, you better ignore me a little bit longer till you know what you're going to say. And all of a sudden, finally, he said, um, what's that big note? Oh, yeah, he says, you, he didn't know I was married. Sam, we weren't even sitting next to you. We purposely didn't even sit next to each other. And he goes, you're mastiff. a mastiff, which is a big dog in the spirit world. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you got it right. Keep going. <laughs> you know, I think I used to be 10 foot, but I'm growing. I'm probably 15 foot now, so just try me. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> don't. But I say that um, we all should be growing, right, in the spirit. We all should be building up and growing up and getting taller and taller and taller. You know, I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not like Lou that can go in Honduras or Cambodia and we can find him. We're out in the crowd wherever we want. You know, they have to try to find us, but the rest of us. But um, in the spirit realm, we should be growing, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Anyway, I'll get on to the message, So. I uh, talk about, they say that, the, is, that American Christians are the new Israel. And that's why I, I said this earlier. I'm like, why are you getting a text from Christian Stan, like through emails and stuff saying support Israel? I don't understand that at all. I mean, if you're a Christian, you should know that's one of the, you know, the early teachings on you? you should support Israel. And it's just in your heart. It's just automatically in your heart to do, and like I said, I, you know, I'm not crazy about their personalities, the way they are, their characters. You know, they kind of sound like they're mad all the time. I remember being in Israel and we were on the bus and and the, we were driving down the road, came to a stop sign, stoplight I mean, and the door opened up to the bus and our our guide was like yelling at the person in the car next to on the road. They had drove back and forth, they were back and forth, back and forth, just yelling and yelling, like, rawr, 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 rawr. and Stan goes, "Wait, were y'all having an argument? He goes, oh, no, we're good friends. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like you were good friends. But that's that's just who they are. That's just their personality. And we're supposed to love them. We're supposed to love Israel, support Israel, and pray for Israel. The scriptures say that. So you're not the new Israel. Bust your bubble right now. You are not, Okay and you need to be praying for them. Uh, dominion theology or Christian Reconstructionism, covenantalism <laughs> not an easy word, say that we are Israel. It's basis for the Dominion theology and Christian Reconstructionism, which is wrong, by the way. Uh, the post-millennial refers to the belief that Christ will return to earth after the 1,000-year reign of God's kingdom. Believe that we're in the millennium now. But in the scripture, it says it's after, right? Not now, right? He comes down, we go to be with him, then we all help Jesus take over, right? At that point, I get, get Stan stuff. He can explain it better than me. All right, but they believe that we're in the millennium right now for the thousand years, and they guess they think they have a thousand years to take over all their realms, their mountains of influence. The followers believe that the covenant we are under right now is a covenant of grace. I said, I agree agree with that. They also believe that the Christian church has replaced Israel and we are now in the millennial kingdom of God. Under the covenant of grace, it's Christians' responsibility to rule the world and have dominion over it. I would love for that to be the case. I would love for us, the Christians, to rule the world. Those that really follow the word of God, anyway. Also,. Time for advertisement. Take one, right? Get Stan's books and DVDs on all this information about Bible prophecy. Get them. I mean, go to theprophecyclub.com and order them all. Just get them all and hand them out, and, and that will help you understand where we really are at. The problem is, even if the Christians are saying, we're going to take over the world, we're going to take over America for one thing, that's what they want, you know, they're just lifting up, that, that haughty spirit's just lifting up, Unfortunately, America. I mean, you know, what's it say that destruction comes? Because of haughtiness is what it says. Because of haughtiness, it's destroyed. So do we want to be destroyed? I think we're going to be, but it's not going to be because of we want to be. But we have to understand that the problem is that there's still sin. You know, even... If they were successful in these seven mountains, the problem is still sin. Sin. So let's look at the symptoms of the dominism, dominionism. Excuse me. Bypasses the cross. It emphasizes the kingdom message and de-emphasizes the gospel of salvation. Jesus uh, teaches when Jesus died on the cross, he still didn't just quite defeat t- Satan. He still didn't just quite defeat sickness and disease. He still didn't just quite defeat all the sin out there. That's not what the Bible Bible says to me. They teach that it's our responsibility, the church, to finish the job. Salvation through grace is something that they mock at in the real world. I mean, in the real realm of things, they're mocking it. We say, "Yeah, we're under grace and mercy." Praise the Lord. The importance to them is the Old Testament laws, and also the works. You know, they think you know many times you can earn your way into the heaven, your kingdom, kingdom of heaven. They ignore, they slide over, they sidestep, they give lip service to, or otherwise disregard the fact that Jesus saved us from our sins. Can I hear a hallelujah? hallelujah? That song we just saying. All I've got is a hallelujah. 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 They, you know, they see as Jesus, they won't maybe say it, but this is what they say, this is what they see, that Jesus is corrupted. He just quite couldn't do it. In other words, like, we are better. Jesus becomes a nebulous, or he's unclear, touchy-feely fellow with the object of our passion, a God within, a force, a story, a king, a liberator from oppression, one of many Christs because they're Christ, they're God. Uh, Jesus' role as Savior and Redeemer is diminished and reduced, and his work is unfinished. And church on earth must make up for Jesus' lack. Ah! Doesn't that just make your skin crawl? did not that just make you want to throw up? Go to their church and throw up on their lawn, not here. So we've been talking about the seven mountain Mandate. They get their interpretation from several places, but one of them is 2 Corinthians 10, 13 to 16, and they use the other versions, NIV, the TLB, etc., to get some of their answers. They say it was the sphere or the mountain that God is speaking about. So let's watch this.
10: Identify the the seven spheres of influence. Like I said, I'm not the one that came up with this. This has been given by God for, for decades now. But the seven spheres of influence are the home, the church, civil government, business, which includes technology, arts and entertainment, which includes professional sports, education. And the last one is media. Those seven cultural mountains shape a nation. We're the ones called to disciple the nation. And we disciple the nation through those seven spheres of influence. How do we do that? Very practical, very practical and very simple. Number one, identify the key people in a given community. Let's say San Diego. We've identified the people across the top levels of leadership in those seven spheres of influence and brought them together. And the reason we bring them together is so that they can cross-pollinate each other, encourage each other, and stand together. So when one of them is severely tested in standing for the truth of the gospel, others will defend them. The second component, identify young movers and shakers at the bottom of that mountain Young, young people who can be trusted with the kind of authority and fast track them up the mountain. Find people who are pure in spirit, who are not in it for gain, who will walk in purity, who will walk in humility, that are young, that can understand their calling in life is not fame and gain and then bring them into leadership connection with those at the top of the mountain to bring them to spheres of influence where they live out Jesus' life in influencing those seven mountains. The third component of it is to identify the people who are already already in leadership who are not standing for the truth of Christ, who stand against the truth of Christ, and bring armies of people who are willing to fast and pray and target them that God will touch their heart and either remove them from influence or change their heart to draw them in to conformity with the ways of God.
1: You know, everybody could be hearing him and go, yes and amen, yes and amen, yes and amen, 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 Right? It's just not real, people. That's the problem. It's just not real. That is not going to happen. Just get it in your thick skulls. It is not going to happen. I mean, we need to be influencers for Christ. I have no doubt about it, yes. And we need to be influenced for Christ wherever our workplace is, wherever our home is, all the areas. Yes. But the reality is, it sounds great, and they can speak, and they can get everybody fired up. Yes and amen, that was just so great. And then they don't do anything about it. Let's look at the scripture. In Second Corinthians 10, 13 through 16. But we will not boast of the things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even, even unto you. For we stretched on ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reached not unto you, for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of the other men's, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased, that we will be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made easy to, ready, made ready to our hand. The meaning is, instead of praising ourselves, the true meaning of this, instead of praising ourselves, we should strive to approve ourselves to God and not man. But what they're trying to take that as meaning is you're supposed to go to that sphere, that mountain, and to make it, uh, change it for God, okay? We are to glory in our Lord, our our, our God, salvation. Excuse me. We are to glory in the Lord, our salvation, to promote His glory, and then also what it really means. But they don't tell you this is not taking from another man's ministry. That's what it really means. And then we'll talk just a little bit about. Probably next week I'll talk more about. Next morning, next week at the nine thirty service, more about the Joel's uh, Army, and I might even have Stan explain some things to you. But they also use the scripture Isaiah two two. Um, and also 2 3. Last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, it shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. And many people shall go up, go and say, Come ye and let us go up into the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This is talk about when time, when, when, to what time the, huh, what the millennium, right? It's at the end, right? It's talking about the house of the Lord, the new Jerusalem, not governments. It's talking about this, talking about the end. They say the humans are blessed by God. I agree. Christians were blessed by God, but they say we've been given a mandate to take dominion of the earth purpose of taking the many of the earth is to bless it because we're so wonderful and pure in heart, right? We're so worthy to do this and holy to do this. Primarily, the purpose of Christ was to create a blessed seed upon the earth, otherwise, the church. I hope you understand um, I would love to be this person that they want me to be. Just can't. It's wonderful as Leslie is. <laughs> don't look at Stan right now. It's wonderful as Leslie is, who am I? I hope I to be an influence of speaking truth, is what I hope to be. After the church, the blessed seed completes the dominion process on the earth, then the second coming of Jesus will take place, and the purpose is to make disciples of all nations. <coughs> Again, in other words, They are saying that Jesus cannot return until the church takes over all areas. The reason that Jesus will return, because we need him to return. Because it's a perverse and wicked nation, and all the nations are perverse and wicked. Jesus has to come back and straighten it all up, or no flesh will be saved. Christians are to take dominion over every aspect of our culture, after dominion has taken over, these seven mountains mandates will be used to create God's kingdom on earth to bring about the return of Jesus. The intention of these seven mountain mandates is to place Christians at the top of these seven distinct spheres that shape our culture. <coughs> What's at the top of business? Oh, yeah, there's a great Christian person at the top of business. Uh, government. Oh, yeah, we got it already, right? Media. Oh, yeah, we got it already. Arts and Entertainment. Why, you know, King Commence said all of Hollywood will be saved. Because you know why? He's a dominionist. That's why he said that. Education. Family. And why we have them already in the religion, no, we don't. I hope that I, I, I mean, I'm bursting some bubbles out there. I hope you're feeling the pressure that, way I just don't measure up. Because we can't. All we can do is every day strive to be righteous, strive to be holy, do our work for the Lord to make him happy with us. The seven mountain mandate is to go on a journey to achieve a place of promised authority and power in your mountain that you are educated and work in. But however, (coughs) the warning is that they want you to be subject to the leadership of their false prophets and apostles. They want you to be directly under them.
4: They believe that uh, the world needs to take the shape of Christianity. They, they, they talk about these seven mountains, which these mountains are religion, family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and business. And they believe that if you... Uh, uh, take all of these for Christ and uh, you go in to each one of these mountains and influence it uh, for Christ, then Christ can take over these mountains. And they believe after Christ has taken over or has influenced effectively all seven of these mountains that he will return at that point. So. Basically, I like to say this: that Dominionism is is basically stating that Jesus can't return until there is no need for Him to return. <laughs> because if you take over all of these mountains for Christ, then there's absolutely no need of Christ to come and take them over. You've already He's already taken them over through us. So, uh, the, the the understanding is nothing but the New World Order repackaged for Christians. Uh, the New World Order is trying to infiltrate every understanding, every religion, every ideology um, it's it and this is no different it's the new world order uh, uh, taken over uh, the mindset of Christians so that when they come out of the gate, you know, no longer are they concerned about their families, their husbands, their wives, their children. No, their sights are set on something greater. And that is influencing uh, religion or influencing the media or in education, influencing the understanding of family and government. They want to march on Washington. They want to be on CNN. They want to be in Hollywood, in movies, in pictures. They, they're they setting their uh, sights to something greater than what God has created us to be. God created us to be lights. Uh, the way we are. He created us to be good husbands and good wives and to raise our children. Um, but they want us to aspire with this Seven Mountain strategy to be something greater in this life. And of course, we understand that is the name of this DVD, the pride of life. That's what that is, just the pride of life, trying to be better in this life and using these things to be better. The Seven Mountain theology, my next point, has not been successful. That's the thing. There is no example of success for this seven mountain understanding. No one has done it. I'm trying to figure out who has been successful in this. It is preached and propagated by people who or by people that have no proof of its effectiveness and thusly cannot prove it to be an effective doctrine. Most of those that preach this theology have left the very avenues of influence they speak of to teach others how to be effective in being influential in those same avenues that they abandoned. So I hope you just understood what I said. If These guys are in corporate America. They're in Hollywood. They're wherever. They get out of there because they know they have no influence. They're not turning businesses around for Christ. They're not turning Hollywood around. They're not turning movie roles around. They're not uh, uh, turning the music industry around. They're not. They have no success, so they get out of it to step back and teach a congregation how to do it. So basically they couldn't do it, but now they're teaching people how to do it. That is insanity, unless you have an example of it, because we don't have a biblical example of any of it. Uh, There's no Bible for it, so we need your example. So prove to us that what you're teaching is actually viable and can actually happen. Don't just quit corporate America because you're tired of it. Go into ministry to teach people how to influence corporate America. Why didn't you influence it? Where is your success? in it y'all
1: this is just i mean this is past dumb <laughs> i like how he said this is just past dumb <laughs> oh my goodness so you get the point that's why that uh, video from the last last hour i spoke and said you know he was telling you teaching you about the seven mandates and how to do it and he says we need to raise up these young children or the young adults and and get them just you know uh, that are holy and pure and of heart and And they can go to do the work because I guess they weren't good enough, right? They couldn't get the job done, so it's going to be their, it's going to be your fault. Be your fault, Michael. You didn't do it. I mean, that's what they're trying to say. They're trying to point fingers. When our leaders are already, they have fallen. They couldn't do it. Uh, But did you see some of the pictures from some of those uh, big-name preachers already? Yeah. Uh, take dominion over the seven mountains does not take away the sin issue. We know that. If we don't see sin completely vanish, then the kingdom of God will not be on earth. When Christ returns, he will bring the new heaven and earth, and only Jesus can do away with sin. Only he will come back and take over the kingdom. Can't have your own kingdom. Can't make your own kingdom, like for, to make it so perfect that Jesus will finally return. Sounds great, but it's just not a reality. To. do not love the world 1 John 2:15 says love not the world neither things of the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him teaching a person to go after the lust of the flesh is what I think they're doing teaching a person that possessions and the things of the world are what is important not Jesus Christ it's about boasting on self esteem at the expense of the gospel important to hang out with big name actors government officials etc most likely we'll have to become involved with one of the secret societies. And I'll show you next week that's exactly what they've done. In Galatians 5.26, Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Again, it's the pride of life is what they're doing. But beware, because all these things, whether they call it kingdom now, replacement theology, dominion now, new apostolic uh, Reformation, theology, or theomony, whatever they call it, what they're trying to do, like all these others, like about Shekinah, the mysticism, the Kundalini, all these things, the bottom line is they're trying to teach you and train you to believe that you are a God because they believe they're a God. They believe their false prophets and false apostles and prophets are God's. That's why they want you to follow them, and they're going to teach you and train you how to be a god. That's their bottom line. Can we say Hinduism, a false religion here, that will take you straight to where? Hell. I mean, they're getting away from believing that Jesus is the only answer to believing that they have the answer. Believe that secular and non-Christian society will never succeed. In other words, they got to do it. As the body of Christ, they say we are Christ. In other words, we have his divine nature, saying we are all gods. And here it is, then: The rapture for everyone will be caught up emotionally when he returns. Believe that all prophecies regarding future Israel, both in the Old and New Testament, actually apply to the church, which we have talked about. They're saying that we are Israel and that most of them teach that there's not even gonna, There's not a rapture. That's why they don't even get concerned about what you say, Stan, about the rapture. Because, eh, that's a bunch of baloney, that guy. You know, and all the time Stan and say, we are wicked. We're in a perverse nation. Y'all need to straighten up and turn to Jesus with your whole heart and be saved. That's what he's trying to tell you. And then there are also some, a few of them are saying, we're just going to be... You know, taken out of here, all this mess. But the the big part that they're teaching now is that oh, we're we're just going to stay here until you know go through the millennium, and you know we're just going to be emotionally caught up because Jesus will be returning. That's they don't even they don't even that's why it's not even important to them to talk about the rapture of the churches. They say the church has replaced Israel, and that the fulfillment of prophecies to Israel pertain to the church is known as. Replacement theology, it's unbiblical. The promises to Israel will be fulfilled in Israel, not in the church. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be in Israel, not here. God's blessings to Israel are eternal, and they are without recall. Amen? It will happen there. I'd like to have a lot. It sounds so good to be true. It's not. This guy, Charles Proven, um, he was a one time um, Holocaust denier. He wrote the book, The Church is Israel Now, which is what they adhere to. Is that the right word? Adhere to. Adhere to. Um, but later in life, before he died, um, he rejected the Holocaust denial after investigations showed him that it really was true. But the others out there that are in replacement theology still want to believe that the church is Israel Now. You Christians are, true, are Israel now. Uh, replacement theology says that the church has replaced Israel. It's false. It's not biblical. And God's blessings to promises to Israel are forever and have not been taken away. Amen. Next week at the nine thirty service, I'm going to show you some things about the false prophets and apostles. Uh, they've joined now with the Kingdom Now theology, the New Apostolic uh, Reformation. Um, uh, theonomy, theonomy and things like that. They have joined all those. And like I said, most of them have to join secret societies to be able to be influenced by the government officials and so forth. And I think you'll be shocked at some of the government officials that are in this. They even have the Dominion flag. Did you know that? It's a Dominion flag. It says... um, I was going to say something about heaven is whatever. I can't remember now. But it's a dominion flag, and many of them are showing that flag, and they believe that they are already making changes in the world. I'd like to think that there's changes in the world, wouldn't you? For the good. There's changes, but I don't like it. We've got to get on our face, guys. We have got to get on our knees praying. Moms and dads, pray for your children. My goodness, it's a wicked world out there. They're teaching them lies. You have to undo some things when they come home. Yep. And then, you know, those in that are in universities. Gosh, I pray for our young people because they're getting they're getting bombarded with it every day, every day, every day. So many wrong teachings and lies out there. Yeah, they're brainwashing them. So they might have been a strong Christian as a young adult a young child, but when they get to be a young adult or adults, they've turned away. They've turned away. And we don't want to see that happen. We don't want to see that happen. I would like to think that we're gonna be able to take over these seven mountains, but it's just not it's just not true. The better thing is to do is to lead others to the Lord to preach the gospel, go into the nations, and support these ministries that are teaching you the truth instead of getting so hopped up into the lie and getting the warm fuzzies off feeling when it's just lies out there and propaganda. Where are you putting your seed? Where are you supporting? I mean, because wherever you put your seed is what you support, what you reap, right? What you sow, you shall reap. What you sow, you shall reap. And if you're sowing into lies, you're going to believe more lies. But if you sow into truth, you're going to believe truth. I hope you got that. If you sow into truth, you receive truth. If you sow into lies, you're going to continue to believe the lie. It's better to come out of there. Come out of them my people, he says. Come out of it and don't support it, and let them know that you're putting your foot down and saying, this is a lie. You're not teaching me the truth. That's what's going to happen. I want you Christians to rise up to be God's army, the true army of God, speak the truth wherever you go, and support those that are bringing the gospel to the nations. God bless. I'll see you at 930 next week.